This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health. If you're struggling through the pains of alcohol or drug addiction, now is the time to seek the help you need. Let this be an opportunity to get back on track and get back to finding the real you. You're not alone and Promises Behavioral Health is here and they can help you. We've worked with Promises for years. We know their teams personally. We have great relationships with them. And most importantly, we trust Promises and so can you. To learn more about Promises treatment options near you, for you or your loved one, here's what you can do. Go to promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash sober guy. It's promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash sober guy. Or you can call 888-205-1890. That's 888-205-1890. Tell them that you heard about them from that Sober Guy podcast. This morning and every morning on the way to the gym, I drink a No Carbs Company. NoCo, as it's also known by the can, is a beverage packed with BCAs, that's branched-chain amino acids, vitamins, and 180 milligrams of caffeine. It's sugar-free, and I promise it tastes amazing. NoCo is made with green tea extract and four different vitamins, and it's now available in five delicious flavors. You have Lamon Del Sol, which I like a lot, Miami, which I love, the Caribbean, which I love. Do you say it Caribbean or Caribbean? I guess it depends on who you are and how you want to pronounce that. You're free to choose. Uh, tropical and peach. All NOCO BCA products are carbonated, they're sugar-free, and they're low-calorie. The serving size is one 12-ounce can. And check this out. They also have caffeine-free options in Apple and Caribbean for those of you who don't do the caffeine. For more information, if you want to order a case of NOCO, here's what you can do. You can go to NOCO, that's N-O-C-C-O dot com, and you can pick up your favorite No Carbs Company drink today. That's NOCO.com, N-O-C-C-O dot com. That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Our guest today is Pete Souza. And man, let me tell you, we had a great conversation. I'm so excited to introduce Pete to the show today. Let me give you a little background on him. Well, first and foremost, thanks again for tuning in. If you've been listening for a long time, thank you so much for supporting the show. If it's your first time listening, like I said, I really am so glad that you're here. You're here for a reason. It's not by accident that you showed up today to listen to the conversation with Pete and I, because it's a good one. Pete's from the great city of Philadelphia. Uh, he graduated from the University of Richmond. He attended there on a football scholarship. Uh, he worked in public relations in the NBA for the Charlotte Hornets and Philadelphia 76ers. And he later moved into a career in television news as well as a sports commentator for ESPN. And uh, Pete hosts a great podcast on Rogue Media Network called The Payoff with Pete, uh, which I just had the opportunity to be a guest on, which was amazing. We had a great convo on Pete's show. Uh, him and producer Mike on there. A little shout out to Mike. Uh, so hopefully you go check that out. I'll put all the links to every day, uh, everything we talk about today in the show notes. And uh, check out the payoff with Pete. Make sure you subscribe to the show. We're going to get to Pete in just a minute. Uh, first, if you're tired of drinking, we have a 30-day program designed to help you quit drinking for 30 days or more. It's called Quit Drinking Dude. 
the ultimate men's guide to quit drinking alcohol and stay sober for 30 days or more. You're going to get 30 podcasts in 30 days, as well as exercises and a great community of men in our locals, sober guy men's group to help support and guide you through those first 30 days. So if you want some more info on that, you can go to www.quitdrinkingdude.com. That's www.quitdrinkingdude.com. Last thing, follow us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. You can join us once again in the sober guy men's group on locals. You just got to download the locals app. I'm so excited to introduce Pete to you today. Um, there's some dudes who you just hit it off with and you just vibe so well with. And when I was on the payoff with Pete on Pete's podcast, I really felt that vibe as well as having Pete on sober guy today. Uh, and I think you're going to pick up on that as well and really enjoy this conversation. So sit back, grab something non-alcoholic to sip on and enjoy the show. I think that's why people like podcasting too, is that long or more of a longer format of a real conversation, an authentic conversation. It's not a bunch of chopped up, you know, clips of something. Um, and and yeah. so people can really dive into that, you know, and they can, they can feel like they're, they're actually a part of the conversation. I know that's what drew me to podcasting, especially commuting for so long. You know, I would sit there and then I was hearing stuff. I was also learning too, because I listened to a lot of entrepreneur uh, podcasting as well, just in like how to start a podcast back then. But that part was so fun too. It was motivating. Yeah, uh-huh. and totally. And, 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 it's, and you start to realize for me, like you can learn, like you learned, like your podcast, you really can. And you can also... You know that free, but the, the the long form, um, you discover more truths over time. I think, uh, okay. you know, because I'm a big. I grew up, especially after I got sober, I started to listen to Howard Stern a ton, and like some of his interviews are so great, and they're long as shit. Yeah, and uh, you know, and that's like sometimes I'll listen to, I'll, I'll turn on a podcast that I really like, and I'm like, oh man, it's only forty five minutes. You know, like that's <laughs> that's the time that I know I really am into it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I, that's funny. We just had a, uh, let me pull this up here. I just had a, a, a review on iTunes the other day and, uh, it was, you know, we love to get the, the five star reviews, right? This was a four star review. And I said, I said, man, why the hell did the guy leave a four star review? What, it, what, what time he said, he said, I keep li listening if I'm interested, but I wish the episodes were longer. <laughs> I said, Oh, okay. <laughs> and so there, you just proved it right there. I mean, the guy is Steve, Steve, the audio guy is who left it. So thanks, Steve. I appreciate that. Um, but uh, yeah, you go, you're Steve, right. yeah, you're on it. Like that long for, I mean, that's like Rogan, right? Rogan will go like two, three hours sometimes, you know, and I have to it's chop those amazing. up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, too. I'll, and you can piecemeal them, right? You can go back or if you have a, like, like a super long drive, yeah. You can listen to the whole thing. Totally, totally. Yeah. If you're commuting for a while, or you're going out of town or whatever. That's always a good, a good spot too. You, when you said Stern met, do you remember Hank the Drunken Dwarf? <laughs> oh, dude, <of laughs> the course, angry. Dude. He was Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf, dude. That yeah, guy was, and he was insane. angry. He was pissed, man. And he had incredible knowledge of of uh, music trivia, like yeah. nobody better. So they would have they would have Hank in there. And he would dominate, and it's so funny. You know, it's, it shows we if we got it somewhere in there. If we can just rattle yeah. it free. Oh, I know, yeah. I know. It's like uh, there's a there's a lot of uh, intelligence packed into some of these crazy minds of ours, you know. But it's like you said, it's just almost trying to find a way to access them and put them into more of a healthy format. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that we have, you know, everybody um, that I have come across, really, I mean, we all have gifts, like like God-given gifts or whatever you believe in, but you come to this world with certain things you can you can give. And if we're just clouding it with alcohol and just pouring, right, like drugs and alcohol and every emotion we have, then we're not, like none of those gifts yeah. are able to come to fruition. You know, you're the one that yeah. told me last week, what was it like? It's like the alcohol, what is it, alcohol, alcohol it's like the, it yeah. eats your soul. Yeah, it's, it's body eating spirits and it, it suppresses our consciousness. So I, you're right on point with that. Like it, it literally suppresses the true nature of what we can become, what we strive to be, who we want to be, those gifts that you're talking about. Like that, it, it definitely, I know it did that to me. Like it just made me, I think we talked about it on your podcast. Like we have these things we want to do but we just dream about them. We just talk a lot about them. We don't ever do anything with them when we're actively drinking. Cause we're just, we're not actionable. You know, we're just stuck. It's the worst. Yeah. And the motivation you get from like drinking or drugs, that's like finite. Dude. That doesn't last. You know, like I can, I can get drunk and have the courage to do something I wouldn't do. Or yeah. I can, you know, snort Coke and, and, and stay up all night and work on something. But at the end of the day, like, I can't do that forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not, it does it's not sustainable. Yeah. And like, I, that literally crossed my mind when I was out there. I remember thinking like, you know, I can't, I saw something, a, a documentary once and, and, and they talked about, you know, eventually an addict is going to run out of whatever, whatever it is they want. Everybody, yeah. you're always going to run out. Uh, and, uh, you know, you don't really run out of this stuff if you want to work it, you know, the, the, the recovery stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a day. Like I said, people say, how you stay sober? And I say, well, I mean, I, st I don't drink. I stay sober. I, it's not so much like that. I'd even focus on that. It's just a lot. It's just the way I live my life now. You know what I mean? It's transitioned into this whole, it's a lifestyle like that. Just, it's not even a, um, you know, a thought so much anymore, you know? And I, I say that with caution, I'm always aware. Um, but Dude, my life is so much better today without that shit in it. <laughs> like, good well, lord. Well, yeah, and you talk about it's. It's like you you kind of build a routine and you build a life without alcohol. Yeah, I got a buddy of mine who's just been sober about like four or five months, and he's like, I just, you know, I keep hearing it from him, and that's why we work with other people because he keeps talking. Like, I feel so good. I feel so good, and man, I you and I, we don't know or we do know, but it's been a while since we woke up totally hungover. Oh, and, yeah. uh, I'm, there's no, like, if you think about it or a process through going through a drink, like, man, that feeling, could you imagine like having gone out and then that feeling when you wake up in the morning? Oh, I'd be just be like, cause yeah. you, for, I think, I really do think I forget how bad hangovers suck. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, oh, excuse me. That, that's why it's so important when we, when we talk to new people and we're able to be of service because not only do we get to be there for somebody right but they also remind us of what it was like so we don't forget you know in that in that time and uh that's some powerful stuff you know just being able to do that do that too to have that yeah, reminder because I mean, we, we will forget well yeah and that's how we're, we're, we're wired to forget you know that's my it's not my left my own devices right like i'm just gonna try to get drunk and and high all day that's what happened to me so i have yeah. to have a complete program to flip it on its ear and like you said part of that program is is going you know working with others getting the meetings all that stuff yeah 
Well, let's let's dive into that a little bit, a little bit deeper, Pete. Like you, you know, we've uh, we've kind of scratched the surface here, and yeah. um, I, I'd love to hear more about your background, and then maybe you know, maybe take us back to when you know when this kind of um, or what your mentality maybe was like as as a younger younger person, um, and then how did you get into uh, having your first drink, and then what we'll, we'll kind of we'll kind of roll from there. Yeah, sure. I, I was a lot, you know, you and I talked and I was a lot like you. Um, I love sports and that was like, then that was like my number one priority kind of as a kid, I guess. I just was crazy about sports. I love playing sports. And, uh, but I was one of those kids, like, you know, I, I was super hyperactive. I couldn't sit still. And I, the first time I ever had drugs or alcohol, uh, it's been a little bit since I told the story, but I, I was one of those, ADHD kids mm. and I was like such a such a you know for lack of a better word just a spaz and uh so they put me on uh Ritalin and I can totally remember going to get the like I get it once at home the Ritalin and then once at, at lunchtime at school and I can remember going to the principal's office to get it from a Catholic grade school right St. Thomas Good Council and being like looking forward to it and then taking wow. it and, and thinking like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm better than I was before. And I think two things happened for me as a kid through that. Now, dude, I was predisposed to be an alcoholic it's all yeah. through my family. Yeah. But I think that, um, I think that, you know, that definitely turned me on there's, you know, and if people, whatever you take, you take, you know, Adderall Ritalin today, that's I just can't do it because it was one of my hangups. Um, yeah. and, uh, I, uh, I, from that point forward, I think I was predisposed. I think I, I realized that I liked uh, controlled substances. Um, well, I didn't realize that, but I, I, looking back now, I realized that. And I also, even at the time, man, I was like, ah, I got to take something to be my best self. Like I'm not, and this is nobody's fault, right? I got to give the disclaimer, but I, I, I felt like I wasn't good enough. I have to take something to be my best self. And it like, that kind of, that just evolved, dude. Like I, you know, I uh, drank a lot in, in high school, you know, and, and I was, I, I, I could talk to girls when I got drunk, you know, I, I could, I could never talk to girls, never. Uh, you know, when I would go to a dance in eighth grade, I was fucking terrified. And then I started to drink and in ninth grade, I couldn't wait to get there. And like, yeah. that was such, such an empowering thing. And, uh, I drank on weekends and then when I figured out we could drink during the week and we started doing that, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's like when you, when you realize you can you actually have a beer before noon, like all these doors yeah. as an alcoholic, I would go through and, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to be an athlete and, uh, I, I played football and that was another thing too. I would take, I would take speed before I played whenever I could. And mm -hmm. that made me feel like I played better on it. I did. Uh, and you know, I ended up getting a, I got a scholarship at the college to play football. And my, my first big consequence shame was when I was, uh, I got, I got a scholarship and I'm going to play in this Philadelphia all-star game where I'm from outside of Philly. And, uh, this doctor, or they had to give me a, uh, a physical and the, the guy giving me the physical, it wasn't like a cardiologist or anything, but he was like, Hey man, like, your heart is beating. You have an arrhythmia of some sort. Like if you're going to play in this all-star game, you got to go see a cardiologist. And I had been partying 
a ton, you know, wow. taking a, I started to take prescription pills before school, uh, when I was a senior in high school and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, like we're wearing the mask, you know, like I'm, I'm on the outside, I'm this guy who's a good athlete and I'm supposed to be like going places but on the inside. All I cared about was getting fucked up. Yeah. And, and my ego That's likes tough. football because it got me attention and stuff. And it made, people w- would tell me how great I was. Um, or sometimes my coaches would tell me I sucked, but uh, I, I, I liked the, I liked the outside yeah. world tell me I was great. And, uh, I go to see the cardiologist and the guy's like, Dude. he's like, you have something called cardiomyopathy and you, you know, you, you will probably never play football again. And if you could have gotten this one of two ways by alcohol and drug abuse or like a virus going through your body. Wow. Uh, that would have called viral cardiomyopathy. And I was like, right away, dude, I was like, yeah, it had to be a virus, you know, like, because I did not want to give anybody the opportunity to put themselves in between me and my alcohol and drug consumption. I couldn't yeah. imagine. I know you, 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 you come with it. I couldn't imagine a life without it. Dude. Yeah. You know, well, just think, just think about it. What, what you've said already, just about the start with the Ridlin, um, you know, back in the day, this, you, that you need a substance or you need something um, to be yourself so or or to feel comfortable in your own skin and that starts at a young age and then as you get older it progresses obviously and so there's never like a real true opportunity to be your authentic self in that because you're constantly using some sort of substance as a tool to be outside yourself you know so that's just insane in itself right yeah. Oh, I, uh, totally. And, and for me, you know, I didn't get to figure, I'm still figuring out who that authentic self is. <laughs> me too. Um, me too. But, you know, but, yeah. but he, but he ain't, it, it ain't all bad, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I don't know what I, I don't know what that fear was I had, yeah. I guess it was alcoholism that kept me from wanting to learn who I am yeah. Uh, or learn about who I am and learn who I was. It just kept me, I was just terrified of, of actually being who I was. And that, that's what's so cool about like today when we cut that shit out, it's like, yeah, we're, we're both, you know, still growing in who we are as human beings, as men, as dudes. And we're trying to figure it out and we still jack shit up. Like we're, we, we're not perfect, <laughs> but like we get the Tell opportunity though to like learn and to practice and to, and to try to do better, you know what I mean? Versus just like completely blocking every, everything out, which, um, is just super unhealthy. So, um, man, so, yeah. you, so you find out that you have, what was it called again? I'm gonna, it's called cardiomyopathy. So I was finding, I was going, I, I'd already like signed, you know, for the, for letter of intent to go yeah. to play uh, football. And, uh, so luckily I went to the, so I went to the university of Richmond and they honored my scholarship. And, and so I went there for four years, was on a full athletic scholarship. And, uh, you know, I never, part of my life too, like I was very entitled, you know, born, I heard a guy say, and I would just say, I was born on third base, thought I hit a triple, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> understand good. shit yeah. about hard work or about, you know, working to get, uh, to get somewhere, I was just kind of like, you know, I was a nice guy. I'd get by on a, on a smile and a handshake and I thought I could do that forever. Yeah. And, and so I got, I got into college and I just kept on with that. You know, I never, and it's like, you were just talking about, I, I obviously had a real tough time. I like anybody would right? with you. You're this thing that you focused on for so long football 
you can't play it anymore. And all my friends are playing and uh, there's a certain level of camaraderie that they're experiencing that I'm not because I was still working with the football team. And, you know, Shane, it's not like I'm going to a meeting or going to a therapist talking about these feelings. I'm just getting fucked yeah. up, you know, like yeah. whatever you got, I'll take it. Uh, and, uh, and I was smoking a lot of weed. Like, like, you know, you, you try to like, kind of like what you were saying when we talked to uh, last week, you know, like, it's like, you can just do anything when you're high, right? Yeah. It's just like you're doing it during the day or whatever. It just becomes second nature. Uh, and that's not, you know, that's no way to live. So I was just high and drunk all the time. Oh, by the way, I have a real heart defect. And, uh, it, it was, you know, that, that yeah. is, in, that's insanity. You know, that is complete insanity. Wow, man. And and then I, I'll i move forward with it. So then I, uh, I I get a job. I moved to New York City. I'm working uh, with this. I'm working for a sports agent, and uh, you know everybody's kind of on the outside looking in, like wow, like this guy's got, he's kind of got it going on. And man, I was, I, you know, inside I didn't even, I didn't really know there was anything wrong with me. I was just kind of like ignorance is bliss. I really didn't have a bad life. I mean, anybody that came in, in contact with me, I, I, I would burn them probably at some point, but it was yeah. still fun at this time. And then, uh, and I'll tell you when I was living in New York, I, um, I, I started to really do cocaine and it, that was like, you know, the first time I did that shit, I was like, I, I need to do this every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> right. I mean, really. Yeah. And and I thought like, this is it. I, I have more so than alcohol. I was like, I have figured it out. Oh yeah. Cause this stuff can help me drink, drink more and stuff. Oh. And so what happened to me then was I just kept at it and I, I snorted my way out of, out of a job, out of relationships. Oh. I, I was, I, I was, you know, broke on my own. And so I, I moved back. Luckily I had two good parents who were loved, loved the shit out of me. My dad was a functional alcoholic. So that is all through my family, yeah. uh, all his family, you know, if his family, if they didn't get sober or get locked up, they died from, oh. from drinking. It's just how it was. But like we talked about with you, another uh, similarity as long as, you know, he always had a job. So it was kind of like he was okay. And you know, cause he came from that old school, mindset and uh back this is so back to what i was saying i i i go back home to my parents and uh i'm i'm messing around getting drunk you know i'm i'm taking taking their car when they fall asleep driving down to philly getting drugs and this is all like how old you know, are you I was, about I, this time like tw in your 20 early 20s 20 yeah 27 26 oh, okay. 27 20s, okay uh yeah and uh i had uh one time I went down to Philly to get Coke. I, I was drunk. My parents were asleep, you know, and I was a guy who kind of like people looked at from the outside, like, Oh, Pete's doing okay out of college. And now I yeah. was a mess. People, everybody yeah. knew I was a mess. And, uh, I, 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 I drive the car down to the city to go to Philly and I get a DUI. I, you know, I pull up on a median and I'm like, oh, uh, I, I call the police and I'm like, Hey, you got to get me off this median. I got someplace to go. And they're like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, <laughs> like, you're wow. coming with us. So that was, that was my first like, uh, experience with AA. And, uh, I, cause I stopped that night. Um, or I spent the night in jail the next morning. I, um, I went home and, uh, I told my parents I was lucky, man. Mm. I don't know if you had anybody like this in your life, but a friend of mine got sober. His name is Peter. He got sober when he was like 19. Cause when we were taking pills and all this stuff in high school, he just, he lost his shit. And, uh, 
you know, ended up in psych wards and ended up in rehab and he ended up okay. And I knew like, wow, Pete is sober. He was going to meetings and I called him in the fucking typical, like, you know, recovery, right? The guy's at my house that night and he takes me to my first meeting and it starts to work. I start to go to meetings. I start to build my esteem back up, but I, I wasn't ready. And here's what happened to me. I don't know if anybody listening, this, this has ever happened to you or this happened to you, Shane, but like, I just didn't, I was sober for about 90 days and I didn't feel like I was a part of. Mm. And, uh, and I was out, hang, I was hanging with my buddies, playing video games. I was still, you know, my, my old friends weren't bad guys, but you know, I, I couldn't hang out like they could. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but they were smoking weed and I just wanted to be, a, well, that wasn't my problem. So I started to smoke weed and then, it took me another nine months before I started to drink again. Uh, but boy, once I did, man, the first night I got drunk, I was looking for, you know what? And, yeah. and, and, and it was off to the races again. Man, and uh, I, I don't yeah. know what it is about that, about that drug. Cause I, I never did a lot of that when I was not drinking, but as soon as I got alcohol in me, it was like, boom, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know. What, and dude, yeah, it was, it, it's, it's easy to go down you know, down that, uh, that path. And I, I, I definitely relate to you too. Um, I get a lot of questions about this. Like, well, what about my friends and the people I hang out with now? Well, what's that old saying? Number one, like, show me the five people you hang out with and I'll show you your future or something like that. So we got to be yeah, careful. It doesn't yeah. mean that like, I still have good friends that like I partied with. They're still my homies. Like I still see them. I don't see them often. We don't hang out like we used to, obviously with family and stuff, but like, it doesn't mean they're bad people or they're bad dudes. We all kind of went down different paths, but like, I literally had to remove myself from those situations, especially early on. And that was really tough to do. And so I know a lot of guys relate to that and have that question. Well, does that mean I can't be friends? Well, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't be friends. Maybe there's some dudes that you shouldn't be friends with no doubt but like it's just like you have to be able to navigate on the you know on your own and, and go down your own path otherwise man like your situation you went back and slowly but surely it took nine months but eventually you're right back to where you started probably worse right oh yeah way worse man. and 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 to what you said man like i uh you know, you, I, you got to take a minute in my experience, right? Like I, there's nobody dude who I can't hang out with now. Now there's like you said, there's yeah. certain people who are just out of my life because they're, it just didn't work out. You it's know, like there was like, they, they, there was, yeah, it was next level stuff. Uh, yeah. you know, whether it was drugs or toxic relationship or whatever, but there's, you know, if I'm, if you're in my life today, you might smoke weed, you might do, yeah. I don't know what, or you might get drunk, but like, you know, you don't do it all the time, but, the, the secret to me knowing who I am is I know that I can't do it at all. Yeah. And like, you know, that, that's, that's hard to, to reconcile. I, like, like I can't do it at all ever. And, you know, without like freaking yourself out, you know, and being like, I'll never ever, ever be able to do it, but just, I can't do it today. Yep. Uh, you know, if, that, if that's what it takes people to get through. And, uh, yeah. So I started to drink, uh, and, uh, I, got, I still kept getting jobs. You know, I ended up, I was, I ended up doing PR. I worked in the NBA and, uh, you know, that's another thing. It's like that ego thing. Yeah. You know, I thought that I was better than people and, uh, you know, ultimately I just totally crashed and burned. I mean, I was, I was out of moves, dude. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like I was out of moves. I, I was, uh, I, you I was for, you for Charlotte and Philly, right? In, yeah, I worked in, for the Sixers and the Hornets. Yeah. So, w which one was first? Was it Charlotte or 
so when I after I started to drink again, I got a job in, in Charlotte, and uh, so I worked for the for they were the Bobcats at the time. The oh, team had okay. just come back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so I worked there, and I worked there from 2004 to 2007 or eight, and then I I'm from Philly. I got a job. I did public relations. I came back to Philadelphia. And I, I worked there. I did public relations for the Sixers. And that was one of the things, too. Once I got back, you know, I'm drinking, I'm using, and now I'm back home. So I think I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, see, like, I, I, can, I can still get drunk and be successful. Yeah. And, man, I'm telling you, it didn't take long. For, wow. I mean, it didn't take long, dude. So, so and, were you uh, partying pretty hard while you were working for, like, at that time yeah. in your life? Like, so you, you were thinking, like, Man, I'm good. I got this. I'm still living this kind of party lifestyle, but I, I have a good job. I'm taking care of business, but that doesn't always last long, right? After so, <laughs> no, so it, long. Yeah. no, and then like the the overall addict just just takes over, uh, and and I knew that I was in trouble, and I didn't care. You know, I knew that my life revolved around drugs and alcohol, and I didn't care. That's just the way it was going to be. That was. Yeah that was going to be my life. And I remember, you know, I, I was, I would get paid. I remember in Charlotte, I would get paid on Friday. Right. And then, uh, I, that, that day I would, you know, cause I'd always go broke no matter how much money I had. I'd always spend yeah. all my money everywhere. And, uh, so when I got paid, the first thing I would do is arrange for the drug dealer to come meet me outside the arena. And I'd meet him at like, you know, noon or whenever the fuck the guy woke up two thirty, <laughs> And, uh, and yeah. I, and I, and I, that was my first priority though. Like people get oh, yeah. paid and they, and they pay their bills or they pay their rent. I was like, okay, when am I going to meet Petey? Yeah. Uh, you know, outside, outside, uh, uh, that was the guy's name. It was an alias. So we're okay. <laughs> when am I going to, when am I going to meet him outside the arena? And like, that was like, and it was like totally like, I didn't even have, you know, here I am quote unquote, like you're not, I'm not under the influence at the time I would arrange for this to, to happen, but I had never even had any guilt about it. It was like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to party tonight. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to run out of money. I'm going to be late on my rent. I'm going to get evicted and then I'll move in with this girl. It's just like, dude, it was wow. crazy. Um, and then finally when I was in Philadelphia, I got, you know, and this is one thing you learn in life. And this helped me out, not right away, but it helped me out. I got, I got fired. I mean, they said that I was, um, part of like, you know, uh, people, you know, they let a bunch of people go at the same time, but I was one of those people. And, uh, I mean, I, I I was like, what took them so long? You know, I had to, I had it coming for a while and, uh, you know, and then I, then I was just, it was three more years of just partying and drinking and trying to make sense of it. You know, you mentioned like, this is a kind of an interesting story and it's, it's just fucking worth telling. So I'm, I get back into, I get back to Charlotte. Um, and this is like, as I'm bottoming out, but the people there didn't know enough about my situation. I actually got a job working for the, for the Hornets. I'm doing radio for them and, uh, I'm doing radio for the Hornets and I'm doing, doing cocaine all the time. Anytime I have enough money to get it, I'll do it. And, uh, you know, you, you, you've been on speed and, 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 and you're, you know, you're podcasting and you, you, there's something about your delivery when you're out cold. It's no good. I cannot you know, imagine, so bro. I like, seriously, I think back to like when I used to just get yacked out of my mind and like, holy shit. I don't even remember the conversations alone. Like the, you know, being able to like have a thorough discussion about something or, or be on point like that. Good Lord. You know? 
It's got to no, be tough. So I'm, I, oh, man. So I, it's funny. I'm from the Northeast, and everybody, we're in North Carolina. Everybody's like, man, I, you know, I knew you were from the Northeast, and I remember you. I don't remember, I don't remember you talking this fast. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, straight. Just fast forward, huh? Oh, man. So I'm doing, but, I'm, but I mean, long story short, I'm doing lines and, uh, you know, at work and, and going on the air and, and, uh, you know, I wasn't like the face of like the, the Hornets yeah, radio yeah, yeah. broadcast or the Bobcast at the time, but I did pregame and halftime and postgame. And I can remember snorting lines before, you know, playoff game and just trying to get through Ugh. like my little like air checks. Yeah. And, and I was losing it, dude. And I was like, I just want a vodka tonic or, 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 or I want off the planet. And as I'm thinking this, I'm standing by the court and, uh, you know, Michael Jordan owns the team and he walks by me and he, he just knows my face. Cause he knows me yeah. from, I work for him. Um, and he kind of nods and he pats me on the back. And when he pats me on the back, he's patting me on the back, just kind of like saying, Hey, get the fuck out of the way. I'm going, he's going to his seat, <laughs> yeah. but he pats me on the back to kind of, you know, how people do that. They'll pat you and move yeah. you over. Yeah. And, uh, he pats me on the back and I like jumped. Oh, like I was wow. like so jumpy. And I remember thinking like, I gotta get out of here. Like, and this is a moment that probably should have been one of the best moments of my life. I always yeah. love sports like we talked about. I'm working, you know, I'm on the radio, and, and all I wanted, dude, was off the planet or, or another drink. And, uh, and you know, that's where this shit takes you. So um, and eventually I just, yeah, yeah, and eventually I just, you know, to wrap it up, I just ended up going home um, again, right? Because, I, I, you know, I, I had a contract. They didn't renew my contract. I don't even think I had a contract. I was like an hourly employee. Yeah. And I go back home, and uh, I was like, I was just so done. And, it, you know, I was going to meetings, and I don't know if you've ever done this. I couldn't stop. I'm going. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to get sober. And, right, and then I'm leaving, and I'm, and I'm high. Did you ever have that? You know, once once I stopped this in September, my 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 date September eleventh, I I didn't really go through that since then. But in the beginning, yes, I went to a couple. Like Seth actually took me to a couple meetings early on, and I remember sitting in there just going, "Man, I'm not like these people. Like I'm good. You know? Yeah, I don't have this. You know." And then yeah, sure as shit, I'd be out. You know, drinking that night, uh, do doing the thing. But I I didn't I didn't have it. Uh, maybe as much as you're describing it, where it was a consistent thing where I was going to meetings or uh, anything like, yeah. like, you know, drunk or anything like that. But I, hold, I just wanted yeah. to, I want to back up real quick, just with the Charlotte yeah, thing sure. real, real fast. You because, can ask me whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. So I, well, I just, I want to point out too, like how the insanity of that, like you're in what some people would, would think is just like this you know, I mean, it is like, what a great position, a great opportunity to be with the NBA organization. Um, and then let alone, uh, it's owned by Michael Jordan. So he's, you know, in the vicinity and you, you yeah. have, you have all this opportunity and, and, um, you know, just so much, so much to, to live for, I guess, you know, but, at, at, and at the same time, you can't even, embrace it you can't even enjoy it and and you really don't even care if you're living or not at that time that is the like it's so insane when we think back about it when i think and to hear you say that you know it's crazy zero gratitude yeah. uh, oh, you know zero. again like yeah. in, in, zero yeah. gratitude uh and i try to use that patience i try to use the patience we learn um when i'm around younger people in general, mm -hmm. people who may not know any better. Cause I know I sure as hell didn't. 
It took me, I am a very slow learner and it took me a long time. I, you know, like you and I talked about, we still get jammed up and we still jam shit up, but like yeah. I'm way better than I used to be. But I, I, I will hear somebody pop off, whether it's somebody I will, of course, that's younger and I'll be like, how, you know, how dare they? That's my first thought. And then I'm like, dude, when you were their age, like, I can't even imagine what I was like to be around. How I, I know people say I was okay and whatever, but I, I don't think that I was a very tolerable person to be around. And, uh, you know, it goes to what you're saying. There's no gratitude. There's no, there's just, zero, uh, for me, it's like, I just had zero. Well, it's, like pers- it's like perspective too. Just zero no perspective, perspective yeah. like no, um, no, no maturity either. You know, I know my twenties were just a, a wreck, you know, it was just one big party. And so there was like, I was like trying to be a grown man, but I was 16, you know, or, or 12 some days just so just yeah. no, no perspective on life. But it, what's funny is at the same time, no perspective on life, but thinking I fucking know everything at the same time. You know? uh-huh. It's like, dude, are you is kidding that, me? Is that, is, that, is, that, is that just the life thing in your 20s? Like, I guess. You know, like in your, yeah, yeah, I guess, man. Because yeah. I, I thought, I, I didn't know there was anything I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know, I didn't know anything. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, I just had no clue, man. And, and so, like, to, even to bring it back to the gratitude thing, like, when we do gain some general perspective on how valuable this life is, how short this life is how how the value of time the value of time how it's irreplaceable and so these moments that god presents us to be in you know whether we're, they're with family a job a relationship just taking a walk with your damn dog down the street or something man those moments they're so precious we only get to do them once and so like the the, the michael jordan moment for you that happened one time in your life you know what i mean yeah and, unfortunately didn't quite go the way you you would have wanted it to but (laughs) at the same time at least you have perspective now and you're able to see okay boom i learned from that and now you know you have opportunities to you know to appreciate things better but dude that's i love that story thank you for sharing that too because it's it's well yeah a lot to it and i there is a lot to it and i have and i have there's it's kind of like the ending is i'll just fast forward i get and we'll go back through how I got sober. I won't yeah, take forever, yeah, but I'll it. tell you. Cause, no, it's cause all good. But when I get sober, I'm probably three years sober and uh, I'm working back in basketball and I see people from Charlotte uh, that I work with before and they can tell I'm different. And I've already written a men's letter to these people, told them, you know, you know, just did, did, did the deal. And, uh, and you're back they in Philly. hire me back. You're, you're back in Philly though at this point. At this point, I was actually, yes, I'm living in okay. Philly. But I'm I'm working like freelance stuff for the NBA. I'm I'm working my way back. Okay. And uh, the guys from Charlotte who I kind of worked for and they let me go or didn't rehire me, they're like, "Hey, come back and work for us. We see you. You got a light in your eye." So I go back now. I'm four years sober. I'm working in Charlotte, and I remember one time it was before a game. Uh, Michael Jordan and 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 this guy Buzz Peterson. They're walking down the hallway again. Michael don't know me if he fell, if he fell over me, but he <laughs> kind of he's got a feel is one of the guys that work for him. And the guy, Buzz Peterson walks by me and he says, Hey Pete. And, and Jordan slaps me on the back again. And, and at this time I'm sober. Oh, and I remember man. thinking, and I remember thinking like, thank you God. And again, I'm just like a peon. I'm doing like, like little bitty radio stuff. But yeah. I was like, thank you God for putting me in a position to, to understand, cause I was on fire. I still, you know, now I don't know how, how you are. When I was four years sober, I, I was, I was more, I was more grateful than I am now. And I need to rediscover yeah. that's just me being real honest. I need to get, 
I kind of need to get back to work in certain areas of sobriety. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I certainly had it at that moment. And I was like, man, this is, this so is wait, great. So but, I'm, I'm an asshole because I spoke too soon. So you, this actually happened twice in your life. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, but and you, honestly, yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't fucking make that up. And, and to tell that story is almost awkward because it seems like, you know, it's, it's, but it's true. It's what yeah. happened. That, that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but to get there, I'll just quickly tell you, I, I bottomed out, uh, and I was going to meetings. Like I told you, I could not stop. And then this is where the magic starts to happen. I, 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 I asked a guy to be my temporary sponsor and he's like, okay, let's go to a meeting tonight. Right. And I'm like living with my parents. I got nothing yeah. going on. I'm, I'm hanging with some seriously unsavory characters. And, uh, I, I, uh, the guy picks me up, the temporary sponsor, and I'm on like, you know, my, I stole some of my mom's like Klonopin. I've been like, you know, sneaking like vodka or whatever. I probably smell like shit, but I think I don't because it's vodka. And then, uh, and then, right. And then like you, the vodka Red Bulls before yeah. work. And, uh, yeah. and cheap vodka smells like shit for those who don't oh, know. It, does. It, come, it comes out of your pores. There's a scent to it. And you're like, and you think you're so smart too. You're like, Oh, vodka. I don't, I don't even stink. But man, when you smell somebody's drinking vodka, you can smell that shit. And it's gross. <laughs> disgusting yeah. and it's very obvious so anyways i um this guy doesn't want to go to a meeting he wants to go to dinner and i'm like fuck i'm gonna have to sit across from this dude for like an hour and i'm sitting across from him and i don't know if the guy i still i don't know to this day what exactly he was thinking but he told me his story and part of his story was he went to rehab and oh, he wow. said to me like you know i think he's like i think that's probably what you should do uh, that was my experience and it worked and dude, I came home, um, I was 33 or 34 and I like put my hands on my hips and I said to my parents, like, I've got an idea. I think I should go to rehab. And they're like, fucking thank God. dude!" <laughs> and, uh, and I call and typical alcoholic. I'm like, all right, just give me a week. You know? So I went down to Charlotte. I went down to Charlotte. I didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of, but somehow I put together enough money to party for a week. And then I came back in November 7th, 2011. I checked into Karen Treatment Center in Pennsylvania and my life totally fucking changed. It, it was just amazing. First of all, I was, I, I really believe I was done, you know, and whatever, whatever gets you there, dude, yeah. whatever gets you to rehab, whatever, you know, I remember, I think I may have mentioned this to you. I, I remember talking to a guy about, you know, he was kind of facilitating me going to the rehab and he mentioned that they gave, they were, they give you stuff to help you off the alcohol, like tapers, like Librium, you know, oh, yeah. um, like Valium. And I remember thinking like, yeah, well, when I get there, I'll be able to get high. Like, and like, what, you know, it's like whatever gets you there. If you have a husband who can't stop drinking and he needs to drink a bottle on the way, I've been told that that's not, yeah. I've, I know guys that are sober today, many years that that's how they got there. Uh, you know, so whatever gets you there. And when I got there, dude, the biggest thing, Shane, I can tell you is I started to follow suggestions. And when I was finished my 30 days there, uh, a couple people were like, you probably shouldn't go home. You should go somewhere else. There's a long-term recovery center in Maryland. Um, it's basically a fucking halfway house. And, uh, I went, I went there and I went there, uh, and they were like, you got to get a job. I was like, I don't want to, I don't, you know, I don't need to get a job. Guys are working at seven 11 and shit. And I'm like, I don't, 
You know, <laughs> if you could get this one guy had a job at Hollister, right? And you would have thought he was like, you know, hosting the Tonight Show. It was like, <laughs> the bad, wow, coverage at Hollister. So they, uh, I ended up getting a job at, uh, at, at KFC for like four months. I worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken and uh, it was exactly what I needed. You know, really? it was exactly what I needed. Yeah, I mean, I I remember showing up there and being so, you know, you're sober and you relearn how to live or you yeah. learn how to live. And so like, I was sitting in front of this fucking cash register like I was getting ready to fly, in, uh, you know, an F-14 or whatever, whatever kind of plane. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, dude, I yeah. was so nervous. Uh, you know, and if the line was long sometimes, like the fight or flight, I would just go to the bathroom. I'm going to the bathroom. They'd be like, dude, you're going to the bathroom. There's fucking 20 people in line. I'm like, I'll be right back. You know, like, <laughs> and I had to learn, I had to relearn how to live, dude. And, uh, I always tell people at the end of this time, uh, when I was finishing up at seven or at KFC, I remember this, you know, you get your, you get your fear back. I, I was yeah. working with sponsor. I'm going to a ton of meetings. I'm living in, in a, in a, in a recovery house where I have this camaraderie. It's unbelievable where I'm going home and I'm talking to other alcoholics, guys who want it, and I'm feeling good about it. So I'm like, this shit's working. And uh, one of the last things that happened to me at KFC was this guy was going through the drive-thru, and uh, he was being a total dick. You know, he's like, I have the headset on, I'm walking around, he's like, hey, where, where's everybody? You know, like, I'm waiting for a while. And I get on, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, sorry, sir, one of the uh, chickens got loose in the back. And the, and the guy's like, the guy's like, chickens? I'm like, dude, I'm just kidding. I'll be right there. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you start to, you start to find yourself again. You start have to have fun. fun and, uh, yeah. yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, this life is, is, is a great life. Um, because we're here, dude. You just, uh, and it's you just yeah. reminded me of uh, of Rule sixty two, one of my favorites. Don't take yourself so damn serious, you know. And that <sighs> it, it's it's such a it's such a great rule and a great tool to have because I you know in those times when I start going down that path, like getting mad or frustrated, or whatever. I go, wait a minute, I don't have to take myself too serious. Rule sixty two is it really that big of a deal? And nine times out of ten, it's not. You know, so it just reminded me of that. Like, man, you're starting to have a little fun again. You're starting to be able to joke around and like, hey, you know, and, and so what you didn't stay there much long after that, though, after the. No, I, I got done. I spent four. So I spent a year. I mean, I'm sorry, a month in the rehab and then four months in the long term recovery place. And then I got out of there and I lived with another sober guy, my buddy, uh, Tim, who's still sober today. Nice. Tim and I ended up in rehab together and we ended up at the uh, recovery house together and we moved, we lived in Jersey city, New Jersey, and we worked in a kitchen for a, a guy who was at Karen, the rehab with us. He owned a restaurant or a, a catering company in New York city. And when we got done with the recovery house, he was like, if you guys want to come work for me, you can work for me. I'm like, dude, I didn't know the That's first awesome. thing about working in a fucking kitchen, you know, except yeah. for KFC, right? Maybe my resume <laughs> looks okay. Yeah. Uh, but so we worked in a kitchen and I got to, uh, I got to that area, you know, New York city is about 25 minutes, not even from Jersey city. Not, it's like five minutes. And, uh, so I was crushing meetings, dude. And I, I was, I was going to meetings, you know, if I had to go to, if I not had to, if I went to three meetings a day, I went to three meetings a day and it was awesome. dude. It was awesome. And, uh, I, I, I learned how to live and I started to get my confidence back and I, 
you know, I think from all the meetings I went to, I really, really understood, you know, I respected my disease. I, I, I started to really understand how screwed up I was and how serious this thing was. Not screwed up, but, you know, how sick I, yeah. I, I, I was. Do you think and, you were starting and, uh, to find, like, your authentic self? Like, would you, is that a, a way to put it in some sense? 100%. Yeah. 100%. So powerful. Because you start to tell people the truth, yep. and, it's, and they don't fucking run out of there. Like you, you know, said, you, like not, you, you get to take that. Cause you mentioned earlier about having to like, feel like you had a mask on and I felt a lot like that too. And you, you feel like you can remove that mask and just be like, fuck, I don't even care. Like, this is me. I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's so, it's yeah. so liberating. And it's almost like I take that mask off every day and I got to do it by going to meetings because if I, or, or, or just working with other people yeah. in recovery, because if, if I don't, I will, you know, I won't be myself. I won't be my authentic self. I'll, I'll, what we talk about at the start, I'll, I'll people please yeah. and I'll get myself into the situations that aren't fair for me or anybody else to be uh, in with me. Yeah. Uh, and you just find, you find your, your authentic self, you know, and the one thing I find when I'm practicing this program is I have the courage and the strength to do things I used to either get drunk to do or just flat out lie to people and tell yeah. them that I did. Yeah. And you can do it you know, sober now. <laughs> dude, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's really unbelievable. It's funny with the people pleasing thing. Cause I, I've, I've had some issues myself with that as well. And I was talking to my daughter the other day and she, she was having, um, you know, a little thing with, with a couple of friends and stuff. And I said, look, I said, um, I know you want everyone to like you. I, I said, I, I, I had this, the same thing. I want everyone to like me too still, but we have to come to a point where you have to ask yourself, do, do I want to be liked or do I want to be respected? And if I'm going to choose either one, I want respect. So I don't care if you like me, but you're going to respect me. You know what I mean? And, and, and with that, wow. for me, what I've learned is that comes because I've learned to respect myself in the first sense. You know what I'm saying? So the, it comes back to that yeah. people pleasing part. I think, um, I, I I've kind of gotten, I don't, I'm, I definitely, it still comes up, but I've gotten better with it over time. Because like, I just, this is me. It's, it's, I mean, I feel like it even goes back to taking that mask off. It's like, this is me. I am who I am and I'm going to speak up if I need to, but I'm always going to respect somebody as long as they show me respect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. And it's hard to do that shit. Like it is, it's, it's hard. It's hard to stand up for yourself. It's, it's easy to compromise your belief system yeah. and be like, Oh yeah. Like that's cool. You know, like that guy's a, a a piece of fucking shit. And then you see the guy that's a piece of shit and you're like, Hey man, what's happening, dude? You know, yeah. like, uh, yeah. and that, so like in that, that it's easy to do that, uh, to act that way. And then, but man, like but back in the, the way day we did the back, Well, yeah, because we could just uh, drink about it then that we didn't care. It was just totally. like, just get drunk, you know? So it did, we didn't yeah. have to deal with any of it, you know? Man. I, I mean, I know the moment I get wrapped up in it, like, I can see gossip coming from a mile away, but man, I, sometimes I just can't help but to sink my teeth in it and then I'll be bullshitting and gossiping. Right. And then yeah. you walk away and you're like, ah, I feel gross. Yeah. Why did I do um, that? Yeah. yeah. And the more you practice, like I love what you told your daughter, the more you practice respecting yourself, it's like anything else, the easier that becomes. Yeah. You know, That's respecting it. yourself. It becomes, it's like that muscle memory. And, and by the way, it feels good to yes. do something esteemable. So you kind of understand, you, you feel right. that. And it's like, okay, I can, keep, I can keep this going. It's worth it. It sounds like the, the self-esteem for, for both of us, man, in both the, these conversations, um, you know, when I was on your podcast last week and then today's, 
um, self-esteem is, is an issue, you know, and, and I, I, I just heard my old counselor in rehab, James Cantor in my head right now, I, I, right after you said that, and we would say this in the group, he would say, and how do we build self-esteem? And everyone would say, by doing esteemable acts. <laughs> and so I still it's think so of that true. sometimes. And it's so true. Yeah. I mean, that's the service. That's the, um, you know, just trying to get out of our own damn head by going and helping somebody else. And, you know, we, we build it up like that and it helps. It's huge. Well, and then how do we get drunk again? Well, we do things that aren't esteemable <laughs> and <laughs> right. True. And then really, and then yep. we, we build up this, this, this pile of shit that we're looking at and we're like, mm. oh man, I fucking hate myself. I can't yeah. believe I put, I piled up all this shit and then you drink. Yep. That's it. And it's simple. That's an easy, that's the easy out, you know, it's the easy out. So yeah, it really, it really is. And you, you, you grow by going through the hard stuff. Absolutely. That that's that perspective we talked about earlier. You can look back and learn to appreciate some of the shit that you may have hated at the time, but it's like, oh wow, that's why that's why I went through that. Because that brought me to here, which brought me to there, and then now I'm at here and I could see that, you know, which Well again it goes back to faith that we have to have, which I don't have nearly often enough. But like yeah. you know, that's a cool thing. You know, you've been sober since twenty fourteen, right? Like you have a body of work that speaks to okay, when I have faith, everything works out as long as yeah. I'm sober and trying to do the next right thing. So yeah. it's like, but I'm, sometimes I'm way too quick to project in the negative negativity than to, you know, lean on reality. Yeah, I am too. I think it's natural, like to just go to like, it's almost, um, it's, it's, uh, oh, what's it called? It's the, um, not doomsday, but, um, well, just when you're projecting, well, you, 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 like, catastrophe, you catastrophize. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, exactly. Like everything's just, everything's gonna, you know, just go to shit like real quick. And you have, yeah. like, I have those moments still and you start getting anxiety. It's like, wait a minute. Like I, I have no control over any of that. If it happens, yeah. then I'll deal with it then. But I don't have any control over it right now. So I guess it goes back to being in the moment, but, um, and, and, and dude, since, since I'm, I'm sober, most of that stuff that I'm totally terrified of works out okay. Yeah. Sometimes it works out great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, mm. you know, God, God bless him. I'm not talking about him like he's dead, but coach K is retiring mm. and, and I'm not a huge coach K fan, but I do remember reading something once that stuck with me. He said, you know, a lot of players and people have such fear about situations, pressure that, that come with pressure that they're entering into. Um, and they forget that like, it's just such an opportunity. Like think about like how great it can be. Yeah. Uh, so if good. you know, like if you just work hard and, and, and enjoy it and seize it, like you can come out with it you can be Christian later, right? You can hit the buzzer beater. Yeah. Like it's not like you're, you're not going to miss it all the time, which people tell, we tell, that's I tell good. myself. Yeah, that's good. And it's man, how many times this perspective came up? I think it's a, that's another component of it, but we <laughs> like in order to have that perspective, we have to be aware. So if we don't possess the awareness, we can't have the perspective. You know what I'm saying? So and the alcohol, the drugs, it suppresses the awareness in the first place. So we have to start there and then we can start uncovering. Like I, I, I love working with different dudes and like it, when they that light bulb comes on and it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, yeah, I can follow my dreams. I can be an entrepreneur. I can, you know, get a promotion. I can have a better relationship, whatever it is when I'm aware of this shit, cause then that's where the practice comes into it, you know? And like you and I, we, we practice this shit to the best of our ability every day. It's living life really. Um, yeah. I, and I love what you say, dude, like <sighs> why not? Seriously, man, why not you? 
Why yeah. not me? Why not that's the good. guy you're talking to that's thinking about it? I mean, why? Seriously, why not? Again, yeah. I'll go back to my man, Howard Stern. He always talks about, you know, he was a kid and he had no self-esteem. And he was telling his mom, yeah, I think I want to be on the radio. And his mom would be like, why not? Somebody has to be. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like shitty. And he yeah. said, even as a, as a kid, that had such a positive impact on it. Because it's true. It Somebody's got to fucking do it. It's so true. Oh, that's good. I haven't heard that one from, from him uh, before. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, well, I want to, so let's, let's kind of go, let's go into, so you, you, did you go to work in the kitchen with the guy that you met who said, come work in the kitchen? Like where, where yeah, does it go I, from there? I worked, and, yeah. I worked, so I go to the work in the kitchen uh -huh. and, uh, <gasps> again, like I'm crushing meetings and I start to get my self-esteem back, like we talked about. And I yeah. start, so I start going home from meetings. Um, and when I'm living in Jersey city and I just start firing off emails to people and I'm firing, you know, people that yeah. I used to work with and, and, uh, like we talked about careers that I aspire to do and I really start to put myself out there and that feels good, right? The exercise of trying to get another job or trying to get back into to sports that made me feel good. So it steamrolled and I got a job working. I love to call, uh, I love play-by-play, play, doing sports play-by-play. Play. And so I got a yeah. job. I'd actually never done this before, but I got a job working in the NBA Development League. The Brooklyn Nets affiliate at the time was in, uh, and they were, yeah, they were the Brooklyn Nets at this time. Th their affiliate was in Springfield, Massachusetts. So I got a job doing play-by-play play for, uh, for, for the Springfield Armor. And so I moved up there. You know, I stayed in a, a, a red roof inn, and then I, the, the first year, and then I got a contract they did like a trade deal where they gave La Quinta marketing and I could stay at the La Quinta for free. Cause I didn't have any place nice. to live in Springfield and I yeah. couldn't afford it. Yeah. Um, and I really, and I loved it. So I started to do play by play and uh, you know, getting some real good feedback or some decent feedback. And that's when I ended up working back in Charlotte uh, for, for the, and then now they really were the Hornets and I'm, so I'm back there and I'm chasing my dreams and it just, and I'm, and, and the whole time I can tell you, Shane, I'm, I'm going to a lot of meetings yeah. and I had a, uh, in my looking, you know, looking in the review, a very, very strong program, a, a program that I aspire to have today, uh, that, that I, you know, it's not totally out of reach, but I, I had a, I was happy. Yeah. I was living joyous and free, you know, and, uh, I was making good decisions. You know, when you're, when you're into the, a program like that and you're surrounded by alcoholics and you're bouncing stuff off other men in the program or people you trust, you're probably going to make the right decision. Yep. And so I was making good decisions. And, uh, you know, from that, uh, I got into TV news and, uh, and you know, I, I got, I started, I moved to Louisiana and I started to do morning news, which is crazy. I, for the past seven years, I've been getting up at, uh, at like 2 AM <laughs> oh, and, shit. uh, crazy dude. The middle of the night crazy so oh yeah. so i'm getting up at two i mean this is 11 o'clock where you are midnight where you are and uh yeah. i get up at two o'clock and uh you know i go to work i was in i was in monroe louisiana now i'm in waco texas uh and uh and i, I love it i love i love being able to present the news and and being able That's to awesome. make people smile in the morning and i and you know lucky for me it's come back around where I'm now able to do play by play for ESPN. I do, I, I'm, I'm starting to do more games because I love doing that. 
Yeah. And uh, if I, yeah, awesome. so the more and more I get the opportunity to do that, I, I love that. And of course, you know, I've only been doing, you know, my podcast for about a, a little over a year. And that was like, I had fear around that. I was like, what are people going to say? Whatever. But what did I do? I talked to people in AA or, or the program, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, and, and, uh, and, and they were like, do it, dude. Like, yeah. like go ahead. And, and so it was sort of, for me, it was another one of those freeing things where, you know, I became the news anchor with the podcast on recovery and, yeah. uh, dude, I can't tell you. And I know this happens to you. I can't tell you how many people have been like, thank you for doing that. Yep. And it's not always like, Hey, I'm a drunk and I got my life together, but it's the, the understanding of, I have a brother or I have a husband oh, yeah. who died of this or who can't stop drinking and just thank you. Or my son, thank you for shedding, shining a light on this. Yeah. You know, it's a serious issue and it's deadly. Bring it out, bringing it out, you know, into the, into the spotlight in some sense, because you're right. Like out of all the talks and all the people I talk, I mean, even just in the grocery store, we'll get to talking sometimes and, you know, work a lot of the time comes up. What do you do? You know, and every single time it's like, oh, my brother struggles with it. Just like you said, or, or, or my father or my husband or my son, you know, everybody knows, like when I would do these talks in the corporate space, like I always ask them one thing, like how many people in here know somebody who struggled with alcohol or drugs? And literally, I mean, more than half the room every single time. And I would imagine there's yeah. probably a few hands who don't go up who are just embarrassed. You know what I mean? They don't want to, they don't want to sure. call it out, but it's such a, um, it's such a, has such a big effect on society as a whole. And so us doing podcasts, us talking about these things and then going outward and not just us, of course, we're, you know, we're two little yeah. dudes just doing our, our part, but as a whole in this whole space of people sharing and coming out, man, it's really helping to bring light to it and drive down a lot of the stigma behind it and go, Hey, I can still have a great life. I just got off track for a minute and I'm gonna get back on track and here's some tools and resources, you know, uh, to help do that. Do you feel like you found yeah. a lot of good? Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I had a question, but well, no, I was just going to, I was going to yeah. just like the one thing about uh, being out there, you know, like there's cool ass, like outlaws who are sober, right? Like people <laughs> who are, who are guys who, you know, you think, Oh, like the person that's sober is buttoned up and they're lame or whatever. It's yeah. like, or, or yeah. they're the, you know, like, like, no, dude, they're guys like Shane. You know what I mean? Like the guys with like, you just wouldn't guess like that this yeah. person would, person would be like, no, or guys like me, like it's, it's, and I think we kind of owe it to the people that are coming after us or that are on the fence to be like, look, man, like we're, we're standing next to you in the line at the grocery store yep. and we're, we're just like you. We're not just like far off thing that you can't relate to. Like you can't, yeah. um, for well, most parts. Okay. So back, back to well, what you were saying. Well, now I got to respond to that, of course, because now yeah. I, you just made me think of something like I have a lot of friends in the music business, right? A lot of a lot of big bands and groups that a lot of people would know. And so I'm in these me meetings sometimes with these guys and a, a lot of it. And this isn't just in the music business. I think this is just in, in probably in entertainment and maybe even something like just more low key businesses, too. Um, you would think there's this big badass image and a lot of the image. There, there's a character behind a lot of that. You know, and so then on on personal time though, dude, so many dudes are sober. They don't they don't mess with anything. Yeah. They, they may have before, but a lot of the time, the stuff we see on TV and we hear, and I was re I really fell victim to that as a kid, like ha having this idea that 
to be, you know, um, in the spotlight and you had to live a certain lifestyle and party. And a lot of that came, I think from, you know, influence through media and just culture. And so I was like, especially younger kids, like, man, like that's not, everything you see is not reality. Like, you know, that's not what's really happening. These dudes are like, they got it together. Like they're sober. They went through their shit, but they, you know, they came out on top and now they're living these, you know, uh, um, uh, and, and they still have fun. It's still party. Like I love partying sober. I'm gonna have a good time. I'm, still, I'm an yeah. animal sometimes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. And that's like, you do, man, you bring up such a good point is like, I equated like alcohol and drugs with fun and like yeah. with celebrity and, and with, and with rock and roll and with like, you know, hip hop and punk rock. It's like, no dude, like that's yeah. like, sure. That's a component to it. Of course. That's as old as the story as old as time, but it's, you know, it really is. There's a whole nother side of it that, you know, doesn't get a whole lot of coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that like you've, you've really, um, you found, you're like a purposeful life in, in today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I could feel it when you're yeah. talking about it, man, just doing the news, you know, play by play. Now you kind of, you're back in, in what you love to do, but it's in a complete different mindset and different, different time. And the bottom line is, and that's why I feel purposeful. And this is so whatever, um, but I'm just going to say it, you know, over the course of my life, I have had this ego and fear driven thing. Like I've got to do, X, Y, or Z, I've got to succeed in sports or I've got to be on TV or I've got to, you know, do this on the radio or whatever, uh, in order for people to validate my existence. Right. Yeah. And that, that never happened even mm-hmm. in sobriety. Yeah. And the one thing that has come back around and has been fulfilling for me is sharing, uh, sobriety through these podcasts. That's I can't awesome. tell you the feedback and the people and it's not like it's overwhelming. You know what I mean? Like my inbox isn't like overflowing, but people do tell me, Hey man, like this is really, and people who you'd never think they really appreciate what, what I'm doing, what you're doing. And it's like the least we can do the least I can do. So that makes me feel it. And that, and along, along with being, you know, practicing my part in recovery, that makes me feel purposeful. It's really the, it, the, the, the only, it. the only thing. <laughs> yeah. So let, let, let's talk a little bit before we, before we wrap up today about your podcast, the payoff with Pete, it's on rogue media network. Uh, I thank you so much, by the way, too. I just had a great opportunity to come on the show in the last episode. So guys, if you're listening out there, go check Pete's podcast out. Um, tons of good content on there. And before we, before we have you dive into it a little bit, I, here goes my crazy creative, um, artistic, like, yeah, let's do it. Like type of thing. But I, we, we should do like a panel podcast sometime. Maybe me, you, maybe we can throw in another podcast or someone, um, you know, and just oh, have dude, a cover. We can do like a live up. stream or something and take questions or I don't know, man, it, it, we've done a couple of them and I haven't done one in a minute. It'd be a lot of fun to do, man. I'd love to do it with you. I feel like we riff really well together. So, okay, cool. We'll talk about that yeah. after. That'd be awesome. So yeah, tell us about I'm the in. payoff with Pete. Uh, you know, it was started, I started it last February and it's, uh, it, it was one of those things where, and it's similar to yours. I, you know, when I, when I would sit in meetings, I would think, man, I would love that. You know, cause the, those, when people talk and tell their stories, that's to some of the most captivating moments of my life. When yeah. other alcoholics in sobriety are sharing their experience, strength and hope. And I, and I selfishly, uh, I, cause I'm a selfish dude. I always want to ask questions. I'm curious about stuff. Yeah. And I'd listened to Howard Stern forever and I'd listened 
uh, to other podcasts. I, I, I like Bill Simmons, but he, he's not. I don't put him on the same uh, you know pedestal as, as Howard Stern. But I, I, I liked long form, yeah. and I liked getting to know people, and I liked that everybody had a story. And to me, there's nothing more in, interesting or inspirational than uh, somebody's story of sobriety. And it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, and if you're somebody who's experienced some success and people might know, well, that's just more helpful uh, because I think that they have tentacles that can, you know, extend all over the place. Uh, so yeah. it, to me, it, it, it got started just by, I, I was, I was interested in this. It was something that, you know, a lot of times we end up doing stuff that we could care less about. And this was a, pa- literally I finally found out your people with hobbies and passions. I mean, I like to run, uh, but like, yeah, this was finally, I found something yeah. where I was like, Oh, I want to do this and this feels good. So that's, you know, it was kind of selfish uh, at the same time, but I also felt like anybody I asked uh, about whether I should do this, they all said, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And then you just went for it. Yeah. Screw it. I'm in. Yeah. I went for it. And, and I started totally. And I started to, you know, it's just like I said about sending the emails, you start to build momentum yep. and you start to get, you know, just like you have, you know, I'll do a podcast where I'm talking to a guy uh, in my home group in Texas. And then I'll talk to a guy I got filled with in Philadelphia. And then I'll talk to Ryan Lee, you know, and then I'll talk to Jerry, Jerry Cooney. And then I'll talk to Dave Kushner, like guys who people might know. Um, And you just kind of sprinkle them all through. uh, And it all, it all kind of works out. It's just all kind of a beautiful spider web, just like, just like recovery. is. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And what I love about it too, is there's a component I think to to staying away from alcohol, from drugs, from finding authentic self, from finding purpose. And part of that component, at least for for me, and I feel like for you and just what you're describing and and for so many dudes out there, there, there's a missing link when we're stuck in that shit. There's a missing piece of us. And so I, I I always tell guys like, try to find that childlike spirit. What did you do as a kid that you love to do? And try to do that as an adult. Obviously, you know, there's some things that might not work, but like if you, if you skateboarded as a kid, I don't give a shit if you're 40, go skateboard a little bit, go ride around, but don't, don't break your neck. But like, do we we have to find something we enjoy to do? And then maybe it's something big. Maybe it's starting a business. Maybe it's starting a podcast. Maybe it's something that we find that we're passionate about. And if it's, if it's in the space of service where we can help people that alone will help drive us on the right path and with, you know, other components as well, trying to stay sober if that's the case. But um, when we're passionate about something, man, it sparks something that makes us feel alive again. And as men, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Go ahead as men. Well, I was going to say as men, I feel like when we get to be adults, we get responsibilities. A lot of, you know, we have kids, we get married, whatever, whatever life kind of takes over and we forget how to have fun. We forget that we, there's shit that we like to do. And so once we find that again, if we've lost it, that's a really important component to me in my recovery. Like, like I tried surfing last year. Like I didn't, I always wanted to try surfing. I didn't get the chance to talk until I was almost 40. The heart, it's the hardest sport I've ever tried. How to go, how to go. Dude, it's so freaking hard. It's like super hard, but it was so fun. It is. I mean, we're going down in uh, just about a week and a half and I'm going to go surf for the week while we're on vacation and at least attempt to, I'm probably getting my ass kicked, but (laughs) it's, but like it was the, it was the excitement of trying something new again and, and getting out there and going for it, not being afraid to suck. You know what I mean? And 
like you, oh. you experience some of that with the podcast. Like there's fear involved. Like what's, what are people going to think? What are they going to say? Like, but at the end of the day, just go for it. You know what I mean? Just go for it. Just dive in. When I started to anchor the news, I, I first of all, I'm dyslexic. Um, and I got a job in a, in a real small market in Louisiana. And dude, I could, I could, I was so nervous. I was five years sober. I was so nervous. I couldn't read the teleprompter. I was horrible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say this, like, it's one thing, like, you know how like people recognize you now, Shane, and they'll come up to you and they'll be like, Hey man, like I appreciate the podcast. Yeah. I was the guy, you, you never want people to recognize you. At least if you're looking local news, recognize you and then not say anything to you and start talking about you. Like, man, that's the guy in the news. He's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I felt that. And maybe that's my own, uh, you know, whatever my mind playing tricks on yeah, me. But yeah. anyways, but I kept going. I wasn't afraid to fail. And I, and I, you know, got to a point where I was, I, I do well enough now, you know, like I do well yeah. enough on the air. Like I do, you know, I, I, I have grown into a, you know, a career You know, I have a craft awesome. that, that uh, some people say I'm good at. And dude, I had that, that, that faith and that inspiration that I got through recovery that enabled me to be like, dude, go for it. You know, yeah. don't be afraid to, to fail. And like literally even now it's kind of silly, but I'll do this if it's anything possible or, or anything positive, I'll usually just say yes. And even if it's a pain in the ass, I'm just like, well, that's the job for future Pete, right? Like he'll be, he'll show up to do it. Yeah. And then the day comes and you got to go through with your obligation. You know, I heard Jimmy Kimmel say that it's a job for future Jimmy. So that's, you know, yeah. you just got to fulfill, you, you know, you do the right thing and you show up. But uh, yeah, man, it's yeah. Uh, I totally relate to that. The part about, don't be afraid to suck, man. Yeah. Don't be afraid just to suck. Dive in, and don't let your it. ego keep you from from, from, mm. from going for it. Because yeah. now, even now today, I, I mean, you know, my ego, I don't want to screw that up because people will make fun of me. It's all, you know, all bullshit. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. Yeah, like, the, we're, we're, you know, the fear gets the best of us. We're like, I'm not even going to try it. But, man, if yeah. I, we're going to make mistakes. If we're going to make a mistake, we might as well do it full force, you know. So I'm just going to go for it and adjust along the way. But... I, uh, I I absolutely love uh, chatting with you, man, and I uh, it's just it's um, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and I, I feel like yeah, we riff we riff best. well, man, and uh, you're you're such a professional, bro, and I I really do admire you, and I just I want to tell you thank that. you, man, dude. Oh, you are, man. You're, you're great. You're great at what you do. I um it's it's nice too just to uh to kick back and chat with somebody who talks uh, somebody else who talks for a living as well too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's no, a lot yeah. of fun, man. You know, there's an art to it, man. It's not easy. You know, it's 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 something that um you know you kind of work and practice at and get better at. And you do a great job, dude. And I just I want to thank you for uh, coming on the podcast today. Well, dude, I tell you, I told you. First of all, you're welcome many time and. Uh, you know, I was researching to do, I had Vance Johnson on here, one of our brothers in recovery. And I was researching Vance Johnson and I found your podcast and I was running on the Katy trail in, in Dallas. And I was like, God, this guy is awesome. And then I, you know, and then I went down the rabbit hole. Oh, I, like I was so ha excited that there was this guy out there with charisma and, you know, had a platform and was talking to people about sobriety, people who I, I'm interested in. So, Thanks, you know, Thank you, dude. Yeah, it means a lot to me, man. I appreciate it. I got to get my, I've only sat on the tarmac in Dallas. I still haven't been to Texas officially. My, I got my, my good buddy, Ray, man. We've been bu buddies since the first grade. He lives out in uh, Katy, Texas, I think, which is Katy, yes, right by Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Right near Houston. And so, uh, I got to hopefully make my way out there at some point and, uh, and, and feel the I'm Texas vibes, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. 
Well, where, where could folks reach out to you? Where could, we'll put all the links today to uh, guys listening for, uh, for Pete, for the podcast. We'll put them in the show notes, but, um, any, any projects or, uh, anything you want, wanted to, uh, to mention real quick before we wrap up, Pete? Uh, no, I mean, you know, if people have ever had, want to get in touch with me, just DM me on Instagram and, uh, you know, the payoff of Pete every, every, we try to get them up Tuesdays or Thursdays, but yeah, we've got about, you know, at least one a week going back yeah. to last year. So there's a lot of, there's a catalog there, you know, just like yours. That's always fun to discover something and to go back. There's a lot of interesting guests, you know, pro athletes, the Mackers, the musicians, and then guys just like me or you, you know, uh, who, uh, who have a message to share, but that's about it. And then hopefully you'll, you'll hear me or see me on your TV doing some play by play outside of that, man. I'm just trying to do, trying to do it one day at a time. You know? yeah. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you, bro. Yeah. So we'll, we'll put the Instagram handle in there and, uh, we'll put all the links in the show notes, uh, one more time. And, uh, Pete, the payoff with Pete on rogue media network, be sure to check out the podcast, give Pete a follow. Uh, dude, it's been so so nice to have you on, and uh, we'll, we'll chat a little bit about uh, maybe maybe some uh, little awesome uh, side, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Interview panel. Yeah, we'll do something fun, man. Yeah. That'd be awesome. You got it, man. Thanks so much, Shane. I appreciate it. All right, Pete. I'll talk to you later, man. All right, Shane. Later, brother. See you.